Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. You're listening to a teaching message by Vintage Church in Harker Heights, Texas. Whenever and wherever you are listening to this, our hope is that you are encouraged and challenged by this message and that you are inspired to take your next step with Jesus. For more information, please visit us at vintage.church or follow us on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to church for a brand new series we're calling Holidays, a guide to surviving the holidays. I'm going to welcome you whether you're joining us in person or digitally online or watching this later. My name's Stephen and I'm one of the pastors here. It is such an honor that you would spend part of this holiday season with us. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to connect with us by downloading the Vintage Church app. Uh, There on the app, you can take notes, you can find out more about our church and how you can get Connected. So we're jumping in week one of a new series. And one of the things I love about kicking off the first week of a new series is it really sets the foundation for where we're going to go the rest of the series. We're going to talk a lot about a lot of different things that will really bless you relationally as you navigate this holiday season. Today, we're going to kick off our series. And I think this is so uh, appropriate. We're going to talk about the benefits of gratitude, the benefits of gratitude. You know, we just finished Thanksgiving. I love the name Thanksgiving. We're thankful. We uh, express gratitude. But did you know that your attitude has a lot to do with determining your happiness? As a matter of fact, a recent study by Stanford Research Institute found that a positive attitude contributes to success in life more than anything else. It found that a full 88% of people's success can be traced back to not their degrees, not their IQs, okay, but their positive attitude, while only 12% of their success comes from anything else. You know, I love it when science confirms what the Bible has said all along. Today, we're going to talk about the benefits of an attitude of Gratitude. You know, when I think about gratitude and I think about biblical characters, I can't help but think about Mary and Joseph, how they kept a positive attitude and chose to trust God through the birth of Christ. Even when things didn't make sense and didn't even really look great around them, they stayed positive and God used them to raise Jesus. Here's what we learn throughout the Bible. What we're going to talk about, listen, our attitudes are amazingly powerful. Our attitudes are so powerful. Why? Because our attitude is the lens by which we see our entire life. Did you know it's also our attitudes that make relationship with others even uh, better or even worse? Our attitude has the capability of turning our problems into blessings and vice versa. Our attitude is not immediately positive because we're Christians. Listen to this. You and I have to make a choice. Everyone say choice. A choice. We choose a positive life-giving attitude. And the reality is our attitude makes all the difference in our life. So if our attitude makes this big of a difference, let's define an attitude of gratitude. Here's what it is. That gratitude is the positive, it can be defined as the positive emotion of appreciation and thanks. 
It can be determined as the positive emotion of appreciation or thanks. Gratitude, when practiced by Christians in the power of the Holy Spirit, affirms our dependence on God and our appreciation for those he's brought into our lives. The Apostle Paul writes a letter to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, and he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, look at this, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I love this. Have you ever wondered, like, what's the will of God for me? Did you know you can break it down? Look what it says that we would rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. This is the will of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus for us. What's Paul talking about here to the church? He's saying there's this thing that we cultivate in our life, this continual, never-ceasing attitude of gratitude. God, Paul here is training us how to interact with God and each other. Here's what my prayer is through this series. My prayer is that your relationship with God would grow and you would grow closer to each other as a result of an attitude of gratitude. Many of you may wonder, can we really have this attitude continually, especially in all circumstances? And I believe all of that lies in our perspective. It all lies in how we see our life. You know, we're going to read a passage today, several passages from the half-brother of Jesus, James, in his book, the book of James in the New Testament. And I want to just kick off what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about three attitudes that steal gratitude. Three attitudes that you can look out for and that you can replace with an attitude of gratitude. It'll make everything in your life better. But I want to talk about James for just a minute. James is the half-brother of Jesus. James understood, right, the destructiveness of a bad attitude. For example, he really missed out on much of Jesus's life, his older half-brother, because he had an attitude of unbelief. And as a result, like he, he, he wasn't around for many of the miracles. He didn't get the benefit of those disciples that were close to Jesus. But as Jesus began to move towards the cross and he would be resurrected from the dead, James would actually come to know Jesus and it would change everything. As a matter of fact, James would go on to be a pastor there at the church, the first church of Jerusalem. He would lead people, right, in the opposite direction of his bad attitude during uh, the life of Christ. And he has a lot to say about these attitudes that rob us from God's best in our life. We're going to learn about three of them today. The first one is pride. The first attitude that will rob you of God's plan and will for your life will rob you of being able to be uh, uh, exercise gratitude is pride. This is the attitude that says, nobody ever gave me anything. I worked hard for everything I have. For years, I've paved my own way, and finally, I'm getting my payback. This is an entitlement attitude. We feel like we have no one to thank but ourselves. What is that? That is pride. Look what James chapter four, verse six has to say about this attitude. It says, and he gives grace generously. Look at this. As the scriptures say, look, God opposes the proud, but gives grace. Everyone say grace, grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do anything that God opposes. That's not a passive word. Opposing is an active word. You know, God actively opposes people who think that they're the best thing in their life. 
People who think they've done everything on their own, they have nothing to be thankful for. The Bible says God doesn't just like accidentally or along the way. It says he opposes deliberately that attitude. The next attitude that will rob you of an attitude of gratitude is complaining. Wow, complaining. I don't know about you. I could probably do a little less complaining. This says instead of being grateful, this person always finds something to complain about. When they look at life, they never see a glass that's half full. It's important. They see a glass that's half empty. For whatever reason, they walk into the room and they see what it isn't instead of what it is. Did you know an attitude of complaining, what you focus on, can rob you of some incredible relationships. James chapter three, verse three through six. James has a lot to say here about the power of our tongue. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Look at this. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by, such a, uh, by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the many parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Those are some very strong words by the half-brother of Jesus, the pastor of the church there at Jerusalem. What's he saying here? Well, in this passage, James is saying that really there are three comparisons that help us understand the power of our words, the power of what comes out of our mouth. Three comparisons. The first comparison is he uses a bit. He uses like a bit you put in a horse's mouth to make this big horse go where you want it to go. I think this is an encouraging analogy. What he's saying is, hey, you may not want to go somewhere, but by the power of your tongue, you can turn your entire body, right? Your entire attitude around by what comes out of your mouth. You can turn it to a good direction or a bad direction. The next illustration he gives is a rudder. He says that it can steer a huge ship in the right direction. Still idea of this bit, okay? It's this little thing that makes a big, everyone say big, a big difference. The next illustration, though, kind of deviates from the bit in the rudder, and he likens the tongue to a spark that can cause a great fire. It can turn into an raging, unstoppable fire. Fire. Now, this is interesting because he makes this pivot here and he says, hey, there's great power in the tongue to turn the direction of our lives. But if we're not careful, it can set our entire lives on fire. Now, I don't know about you. How many of you guys have been sitting around the dinner table with family? We're going to be around a lot of family over the holidays, whether that's by Zoom, video conferencing or in person today. And you say something that you wish you didn't say. I mean, let's be honest, you were insensitive, you misread a situation, Some, maybe something you really felt came out of your mouth, but it was the wrong place, wrong time, bad attitude. How many of y'all have ever done that? I know I've done that. And what's happened as a result? Man, everything exploded, like, right? There were all kinds of issues. There was fighting, there were problems. What Paul, what, listen, what James is saying here, our tongue has incredible power. We need to be people that don't just complain, but that use that power to encourage and lift others. The next thing that will rob you from an attitude of gratitude is familiarity. Someone once said this, that if the stars only came out once a year, we would stay out all night to watch them. But because they're out there every night, we've grown accustomed to them. Did you know this same thing can happen on our relationship with God and our relationship with each other? Meaning that we've just been in it longer and we went, we went through some things and there, there's just this idea of familiarity. Sometimes we have to stir that up and choose to not be familiar 
in our relationship with God, in our relationship with others. Matthew chapter 13, verse 57, this is uh, speaking about Jesus, says, and they took offense at him, but Jesus said to him, only in his hometown and in his own household is a prophet without honor, and he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Do you know what happens when you have a familiar attitude, right, with God? you're gonna miss out on God's blessing. This is what happened. I, can, I have to believe that Jesus here is thinking about his half-brother James and his family not believing in him during his ministry. And he's reflecting back and he's going, you know what, I was there and I wanted to do some great things, but because of their unbelief or their familiarity, because I was the carpenter they grew up with, they just, I, I couldn't do anything there. I couldn't do anything there. You know, the word thanks is too seldom heard, too rarely spoken and too often forgotten. I think that if we would adopt an attitude of gratitude in our lives, our perspectives, and, and not just our perspectives, but remember our entire lives would shift. You don't like your life right now? The single most important thing you can do is become uh, more gracious, have more gratitude, and be thankful. So as we close, I want to give you three, everyone say three, three benefits of gratitude. This is why I think it's important we, we, and we all need it. The first thing is gratitude increases our happiness. You know, most of us think that we have to have perfect circumstances to be happy. When somebody asks you, are you happy? Usually you'll maybe rate your happiness based on what's going on in your life at the time. And we've been taught that our happiness is so some, somehow dependent on what happens to us and around us. But really, true happiness comes from our attitude, our perspective, and how we see life. Listen to the words to the Apostle Paul that he, the words of the Apostle Paul that he wrote from prison. Yes, in prison, he wrote these words in Philippians 4, 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I love this. And again, I say it, rejoice. So here we see he's in prison. He's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. And it's almost like he's reminding us and he's reminding himself for when he doesn't feel like it, right? He's saying, again, I say it, rejoice. Here we see that Paul was both happy and joyful in spite of his situation in spite of being in prison. We need to learn to thank God in every circumstance and in every situation. True happiness is determined by our perspective and our gratitude in life, not by our circumstances and the environment around us. The next thing we see is gratitude shifts our perspective. Gratitude shifts our perspective, our focus. As gratitude pours out of our life, it includes two things. First, we thank God for his blessings. I love what King David says in Psalm 92.1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. But did you know we also need to learn to thank God in our burdens? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We mentioned that scripture earlier, but it's important to note here that we're not to thank God for evil negative circumstances. Okay, That's not what we're saying. We're not saying put your, hand in, put your head in the sand like an ostrich. What he's saying is we can give thanks to God in the circumstance because God can change the circumstance. We don't give thanks for the negative circumstance, but we can be thankful in them. Being thankful in them allows God to use them for the greater good. I believe the final thing that we see here, and I think this is so powerful as we kick off this series, this benefit of gratitude, don't miss this, gratitude enhances our relationships. Our relationships. Do you know how the Apostle Paul began most of his letters in the Bible? He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Almost every one of his letters start off with gratitude. He was grateful. 
to the church in Rome, he wrote in Romans 1.8, first, I thank my God for all of you. In 1 Corinthians 1.4, he says to the church in Corinth, I always thank God for you. To the church in Ephesus, he, in Ephesians 1.6, he writes, I have not get, stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. To the church in Philippi, he writes in Philippians 1.3, I thank my God every time I remember you. Paul made sure, okay, that he expressed gratitude with his words. As we close, I want to encourage you. Uh, I want to encourage you to do this. Gratitude in your heart that doesn't come out of your mouth is not real gratitude at all. I want to encourage you as we go into our week, as we go into this busy, crazy season with all the different challenges we're going to face, let's purpose in our heart to express gratitude towards others. We see it in the Word of God, but I will tell you from personal experience, it works if you and I will work at it. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the power of your word. I thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. I thank you, Lord, that even at times when it's difficult to be grateful, it's difficult uh, to take steps forward, we can put our eyes on you, the author, perfecter, the finisher of our faith, and we can see that you had a gracious attitude. You were a loving and kind Savior. And Father, from that example, we too can walk in gratitude, taking our eyes off of our circumstances and keeping them fixed on you. May everything we say and do in this holiday season bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. You can stay connected with us at vintage.church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Here at Vintage, we believe that church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you are in the Harker Heights, Fort Hood area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service times, and plan your visit by checking out our website at vintage.church. We hope to see you soon.